This is the hottest place, 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 place for big, big, big name interviews in Vancouver with Ryan Hayes and Big, big Mike. Lance, thanks so much, man, for uh, taking your time today to be on uh, our show today. We appreciate it. No problem, man. No problem. That's a sweet shirt you're wearing, by the way. Not gonna lie. Gibson's uh, Gibson Kickboxing MMA uh, in Port Moody. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're uh, we're both Port Moody kids. We both grew up in uh, in Port Moody, and uh, I continue to play lacrosse in Port Moody. And uh, we're big supporters of you. I actually grew up right across the street from you, like right by Kyle Center. So I've uh, I've known about your gym for a long time, and I've had a lot of people, a lot of friends, go through your gym. All right, on man, awesome, awesome. Where are you living at now? I'm just living up in Coquitlam now, so like ten minutes away from my old place. But I definitely miss Port Moody. Port Moody's a place to be at. It is, it is. I love it here. Yeah, we're up by the John B, my unofficial oh, yeah. sponsor. All right, I used to grow. I, used to grow, I grew up in Coquitlam. How did you get the name Fearless Lance? Oh, I think that came from when I was um back in the day when I was fighting. There was no weight division, so. Like, uh, I think it was my second professional fight. I fought Dan Severn in Guam, and um, he outweighed me by like 80 pounds. And then the, my very first fight, I fought um, the six time um, future brawl champion. He was 280 pounds Samoan, I was like 199 back then. And um, it was like there was no weight divisions, and they wouldn't fly me over for middleweight, so I, I didn't want to pay for my flight, so I fought the super heavyweight tournament. So it was um, the, the Japanese kind of gave me that name. You were born in Toronto? Yeah. When did you move out west? Oh, like I was when I was like one years old. So I've been out here the whole time. But I was oh. born in Toronto, and then I think we drove across Canada when I was like one. And we just um, started a new life out in the West Coast. Fighting has been a huge thing in your life, obviously. I mean, uh, marrying the featherweight champion, Julia Budd, and then uh, having your kid in the blader lightweight fighter right now as well. I mean, that must mean uh, mean quite a bit to you. Yeah, it does. It's um, we're a family. This is what we do. We eat, breathe, and sleep martial arts. So it's it's um, I never even pushed Junior to do. I pushed him to train, but never pushed him to fight. So he was um, growing up, he had to, um, it was just mandatory, like brushing your teeth. He had to do martial arts every day, and um, then when he had to go back to the he went back and forth from here to the states, and then I. I just put him in all, all the American wrestling, collegiate wrestling, free spell, Greco, and all that. And just, they had the best wrestling programs down there, even when they were in elementary school. So that was, I knew he was getting a, a good um, education that way for martial arts as well. And then we moving back up here, he, had, he got a partial scholarship to um, Arizona State. And SFU actually wanted him, but he wanted to go to Arizona. And good choice. Yeah, well, it was a good choice, but he kind of it kind of cut short because he realized he was going to be a naturopath, and then um, he was just going through this, and he's realizing he's seeing people fighting and doing all these things at the gym, and he just said, "I got enough," and he said, "You know what, Dad, I'm going to come back." I said, "Well, you've been doing this longer than a doctor's been going to school, so <laughs> yeah. it, you know, let's come up here." And he was, you know, he's got his own personal training business. He teaches at the gym. He's a huge coach for Jules as well, and then we just. I knew he was going to be a star, but he's, he's almost he's better than I thought he would ever be. That's a big accomplishment. I mean, uh, being the father of him as well. I mean, uh, that would mean quite a bit, obviously. 
yeah, yeah, I'm pretty proud of him in all aspects. Awesome. And uh, what uh, what professional UFC fighters have you trained or have came through the gym? Oh, man, I trained uh, – we can go back to um, Dennis Hallman, cornered him for the Jen Palver fight, trained him all through in that camp. That was when um, 9-11 hit, and that's when we were all in the same house. Me, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, Rico Rodriguez, Rampage was in the other house. He was even – they were just coming up um, – who else was there? Dewey Cooper was there. Dan Henderson came through the camp. I, that sounds uh, like a good time. Miller. <laughs> yeah, Miller, what's his name? Jason Miller. Everybody was there, and they were all just coming up. And I, I was already at, at that point. I was fighting in, I think, Shudo at the time. But we were all up there. It was, there were lots of fighters. And then I've had Chuck Congo and all those guys come through the gym here as well. You, you said Tito Ortiz. So side story here while we're running with this. I texted him one time and he gave me his number once when I was in Huntington Beach and sent me to this really good bar and then he was up here I tried to buy him a drink and he said he was in Port Moody I presume he was training at your place actually Tito wasn't <laughs> when oh, I, you really? know, I've only trained with him in the States Rampage came to tra train with me here though okay. but um I trained with Tito when I when I went down to Huntington, and I trained Rampage for 13 weeks down there. Trying to, every time I'm trying to get him in in fight shape before the fight, and then um, when I went to Big Bear, I was training with Tito. Yeah, that was in, in the year of 9/11. So I trained with oh, Tito. So he might have been Tito, up here. Tito wasn't up here for uh, training with you. Oh no! Is that what he said? No, he just told me I tried to buy him a beer, and he said that he was in Fort Booty training like Great. 10 years ago. I wonder what he's doing. I'm not sure. I am um, the last yeah. Time I, yeah. Last time I saw him with okay. them, had a fight. Okay, I just always assumed though, telling that story years ago that he yeah. was down there training at your place. Yeah. Ah. He's never been here though. He's never been to this gym, so I'm not quite sure. Oh, but, okay. Okay. Have you had uh, the Diaz brothers at all? Have you ever trained them? No, I haven't. The top guys, I like them. I'm fans of theirs. Never had. I never trained with them or at all. No. Okay. Winner at UFC 24 with a flying knockout knee. What kind of feeling do you get knocking somebody out? I'm like five feet tall. I'm not knocking nobody out. Oh, man. The feeling for UFC 24, you're asking me? Yes. Yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, it was phenomenal, man. It was, it was um, surreal to be in there. And they actually had um, – my opponent changed on me just before. I had Vladimir Matichenko. I was supposed to. He was a tough cat, and he was a big wrestler. And then that, that like two weeks before the fight, they switched me to the, the World Muay Thai champ, um, Jermaine Andre. And um, it was a, it was it was an awesome. It was just an awesome. And when I hit him with the knee, it felt like I hit paper. I didn't even know he was going down. And it was um it was a great a great fight, great memory. I remember watching that fight. Like, he was down. <laughs> Once yeah. you hit him with that knee, he was out. Like, good night. Yeah, they, said, they say it's the first time somebody left the octagon in a stretcher. I, I, so, I don't know. That's what they say. I, I, believe, I believe it. I believe it. I hate to bring up a loss here, but you fought Dan Severin. Yeah. Dan B. Severin, who went on to be a WWF wrestler, correct? 
Yeah. Well, I fought Dan because they they thought oh I'm gonna they wanted to they want like they were giving Dan he was he was already the UFC champ and um, at the time then they were um, Guam was a big place for fights and it was it was awesome Guam's the best the Super Bowls back in the day were it was just packed and um, they needed somebody to fight Dan I'm like I'll, I'll fight him and and they he didn't know my name they thought they were gonna get him get get him an easy fight from a guy from Fort Moody with one like two fights yeah. But I had, you know, I just, back then, where I was doing 30-minute rounds with, like, MMA gloves on the heavy bags. I was doing 30-minute rounds on for everything. So it was like, we are just, I was just teaching myself pretty much at that point. But I just, I knew, I believed in myself, and I knew what I could do. And there was that, I was at a spiritual level before that fight where I just felt like I was levitating. It was just like, you weren't going to stop. And um, it was, I think, but that was one, that was the fight that the Japanese took notice of me and gave me the fearless thing. The reason I wanted to bring up Dan Severn is uh, after your interview, we're actually interviewing Al Snow, the WWF wrestler. Oh, right on. Who, and, and he trained Dan Severn to be a wrestler. So I have questions for you about Dan Severn, and then I have questions for Al Snow as well about Dan okay. Severn. Cool. Do you keep cool. in touch with any of these old people? Um, when I'm, when I go fight, a lot of them are officials now or referees. I remember when I, I don't know where I was when I was, um, one of the places was one of my, my wife was fighting Dan Severn was one of the referees and stuff. So I say Dan, I always, he always gives a lot of respect and I, and I respect him too as well. He's a cool guy, man. You know, so I, I like Dan. He's a nice guy. That's awesome. You've done a lot of uh, acting as well. I mean, like with Romeo Must Die and the X-Men, like, uh, how did you get into that, and uh, how do you feel about doing acting after your uh, MMA stuff? Oh, it was great. You know, I, I've been studying acting since 18 years old, so I've been doing theater and plays. That's how I actually got into MMA, because I was young, always fighting, and you know, always fighting. And then um, I wrestled, and then I went down to Seattle. I moved down to Seattle, and I, I tried to um, find a, a good gym. And the gym I kept going to, they were never open. I went to the boxing gym for a bit, and they just kind of used me as a, as, a, as a sparring partner for their pro boxers. They weren't teaching me anything. So then um, I spoke to somebody, and they said, go see Maurice Smith. Well, I called the, I called the um, number in the yellow pages, and Haru Shimanashi from AMC answered the phone. And he's my Muay Thai coach, and Matt Hume's my MMA coach. And I, I ended up just driving up there. It was an hour and a half from where I was living in Seattle daily. So I'd go there with three kids in the back of my Impala. I'd drive up there twice a day. And I'd train with them. And the first, I remember the first day I came in there, um, Kimo was in there. Kimo from um, UFC. I don't know what UFC what he was in. The one with the big cross on his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had um, watched a lot of UFCs. I didn't, you know, and I was a tough guy from the street, and then um, I wrestled a lot. So I ended up, um, so my first week, nobody wanted to spar him. So I sparred him. I went, I think we went eight or nine rounds with takedowns. And um, I remember he, right after the bat, he caught me, he caught me with a heart, like one of his hardest punches. And then I was kind of like, I was kind of like, what the hell is going on here? Is this, this is a real fight. <laughs> and then my um, coach, Haru, goes, he took me to the corner and goes, I know what you can do. You're my Eli Mike Tyson. Go on there and, and take it to him. So I went back and then it was like I took it to him. And it was um I gave him a pretty good beat and it was back and forth, but I gave him a beat and he was like two eighty. He was a big dude. And I had to take him down. <laughs> By the end, I um dislocated my clavicle. Or my yeah, my clavicle in the front or yeah, this collarbone and clavicle area. 
And then I was out for a while and, and they hadn't seen me for a while. When I came back, everybody was like, oh, okay. And I said, well, this guy can make it. If he's already fighting in the UFC, because I think he was about to fight Ken Shamrock. And I said, I'm just starting now. I said, I think I, I might be able to make a uh, living at you. And that was kind of the day I, I began. That's awesome. That's awesome. With, with your acting, did you ever meet DMX or Aaliyah? Oh, yeah. Aaliyah's awesome girl. Awesome girl. I met DMX. Jet Li's great. Jackie Chan's one of my favorite, man. Like, Jackie Chan's a, uh, Jackie Chan's a gentleman. Um, real, a real gentleman. Like, he's down to earth. He's one, he's one of the coolest cats I met. Aaliyah was fantastic. Jet Li's great. Been with Van Damme. Seagal's a weird, bit of a weirdo. <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Romeo Must Die is in my, like, top ten favorite movies. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that was fun making that. that was Van Damme's fun. probably my favorite. He's, uh, he's a beast, that guy. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a nice – he's out there. He's hilarious. He's out there. He, he's, uh, out, he's out there, but he's great. Exactly. Um, with uh, I know you call her Jules, so I might as well call her Jules too. Yeah. Uh, with Jules being ranked number three right now in the MMA world, I mean that's a pretty big accomplishment as well. Do you train? Does she train with you? Like, does she train at that gym all the time or what? Yeah. Well, she's my wife, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Jules. Yeah. Yeah. Jules, my wife. She doesn't train anywhere else but under me for the last like fifteen years. Awesome. Yeah, last 15 years, twice a day. Junior and her spar daily, and then I got a crew with me that's been with me. Most of my crew is a really cool, good crew. We've been open for 23 years, and I got guys here have been with me for 23 years. Yeah, Junior's living in town too. Yeah, yeah, we all live together, and oh, okay, um, too. So we're all we're all a family. We live in the, up in the mountains, and um, just have uh, us, our two Akitas, and and me, Jules Junior, and I take care of my mom as well. Okay, we actually met back in the day. You probably don't remember it, but we I used to do shows down at the Point Pub in Port Moody, and Big Mike beside me, he, he used to be the bouncer. The, I poked my head in there one day into your place saying that I would come down there in my suit and tie and that I was going to come down there and get you to train, and I never came back. I don't know why. I still think about it every day. I wonder why I never went back. Damn, never too late, man. Never too late. Yeah. Hey, I'm on 37. I'm getting a little old. Ah, no, it's never too late. Never too late. I got you. Yeah, we, we still uh, hang out in Port Moody quite a bit. I mean, the Legion right behind you guys. and There's still the Burrard, Burrard Public House. And uh, yeah. Port Moody is still my go-to for sure. I mean, uh, it'll always be my hometown. Always my go-to. I mean, there's no better city to live in. Yeah, no, you get the water, the mountains. I can't, you know, I can't. I got to be by close to the ocean. And you get the mountains here, and it's, a, it's a, I love them. I love it. Are Are you training anyone in the UFC or Bellator right now? Um, the the two Bellator fighters I got is my wife Julia, um, Lance Cooner, my son. I got um one other guy out of here has been with me since for the last. He's a 125er, and um, they once they have an opening for him, they're gonna take him as well in. So you know, I'm just I just kind of keep it a tight a tight group. I've had all the best fighters in, in America, and that just becomes a babysitting thing sometimes. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's just like, it's a lot, fighters, you know, I mean, unless my wife, she makes me a lot of money. Obviously, she gets paid. I've negotiated a good contract for her, and she, um, she makes really good money. And, and Bellator loves, loves Junior's style and the way he fights, so they, they take care of him really well as well. So, but I'm, just, I, I'm very particular on who I take and who I allow in my gym. I, I'm a martial artist as well, so uh, I'm, I've learned a lot over the years. 
you know, I've seen it all. And I, you know, I, sometimes one fighter is better than 10. Yeah, we're definitely a huge uh, UFC, MMA, and Bellator fan. So we definitely love to have uh, Jules on here one time and Junior. It'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Who's your favorite fighter nowadays? And who is your favorite fighter in the past? Okay. Favorite fighter in the past. Anderson Silva in the past, 100%. When Anderson was at his prime, he was just phenomenal. Anderson was... um. Amazing. George St. Pierre is number one of my is greatest of all time. He's just um, a, a martial artist and a gentleman. That's what you want your kids to see. You know, all the all the crap talk and all that stuff. George St. Pierre is one is one of the greatest of all time, guaranteed. So he's one of my favorite. Anderson Silva now the new fighters. I like uh, well John Jones. I love him. I just wish he get his life together a little bit. But I, I Bones Jones. Him. Bones Jones is real good. Something else. Yeah. yeah. And Israel is great as well. He's great. You know, I I think um he needs to learn. I get his ground a little bit better. But I I'm not saying any taking anything away from him. I just want to keep him flawless. He's fantastic. Um, I just don't get the Bones Jones thing. I mean, like you have every have every why why let it go. You know what happens is these guys they get everything and then they think they they're like invincible and and they have nobody to answer to. So when you don't have a coach or a mentor to talk to, I know this from training Rampage because I know I brought Rampage out of being 280 pounds, showing up in his camp with Rashad the very first time when I went to England. I brought all his camps back to California, and we went through hell with his old management. Man, there was some stories I could tell you guys, and um, I got him on. I got him on, on his two wins with Machida and um, Matt Hamill, and then I, I had to leave him for John Jones because I, I, I refused to have anything to do with his management. And he and we're still – like, he talks to my wife all the time, Jules, and he goes, I know Coach Wright and all that stuff. So, you know, sometimes these guys, they, they, they need mentors, but they take the wrong ones on sometimes. You know, or they don't have them, and nobody can tell them what to do, and they go out and get in trouble. Yeah, that's understandable. I understand that for sure. Yeah. Back to that shirt. I mean, uh, you guys selling that shirt at your uh, shop right now or what? Because that's a sweet shirt. Oh, uh, this is an old one. I think this is the one. I just put this on before because I was um, ripping around and I just taking the cage padding down. We're getting some new stuff here. And this was like Jules. This is the one that Jules won the um, her first title for Bellatorian. Wow. So that, yeah, that was in March of uh, 2017. That's when she fought her first titles and got her first belt. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much, man. Lance, we like totally appreciate you taking your time to uh, answer our questions and be on this interview with us. We totally uh, wish your company all the best. And I mean, uh, right on, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Ryan Hayes and Big Mike. I only touch greatness podcast.